0: I guess that's a good reminder All of these uh, classes that I do at least I try to audio record them and upload them to the SoundCloud page And then the SoundCloud page links with uh, iTunes Apple Podcasts or whatever it is I don't know if my mind is going blank right now And uh, so you can find all this stuff there, inshallah So we're going to start with the story of al Kaaba and Mecca because really this is what all of it goes back to, right? All of it goes back to when we talk about visiting the Haramain, visiting the two sacred places then we're talking about visiting the sacred place of uh, Haram and Mecca going to the area of Mecca and what is around it and then the second Haram becomes the Haram of the, uh, the sacred place which holds the body of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as uh, I think I mentioned last week, I think in the khutbah, and then someone created a little bit of an issue. We'll come to it later on after we finish this Kaaba section. Eventually, we're going to get to uh, Dar Ifta al Musriya's book. The House of Fatwa in Egypt has a little book that's al- about 200 pages on uh, Hajj and Umrah. And there's some etiquettes and things that are in there. And one of the things that they mentioned but it turns out you know there's there's a lot of conversation on which one is better actually is it Mecca or is it Medina and it turns out that throughout history the scholars have differed on this and some of them held that it was Mecca and some of them held that it was Medina uh, for various reasons and there are entire works that were written on this Imam Suyuti has a book on it you know on uh, which which one takes precedent he brings the evidences of each side and he argues know why this one says this and this one says this and it's amazing it's like so many other things in islamic studies you you hear about it the first time you think it's simple and then you read about it and you think it's simple and then you realize oh my god this is incredible <laughs> Yeah, you know? like he starts talking about mecca and he's like the ones they said that mecca is better are so and so and so and so and so There's like from the All of the debates that we have, by the way, and uh, like a lot of these debates we have in Muslim thought, they don't don't start like with the modern period or something. When you read the big books, you find that it was like Ibn Umar had this opinion (laughs) and Ibn Abbas had this opinion. And you know, like from the Sahaba, from the Tabi'een, even when you look at the differences of the four Madhabs, usually the differences of the four Madhabs are usually rooted in the differences amongst the Sahaba. Just, it's not written that way unless you go to the big books, right? So. It's like, so-and-so from the Sahaba and Tabi'een thought that Mecca was better and Medina was better. And then he's like, and these are their evidences. And you read all the hadith that they refer to that say that, that, that why they say Mecca is better, and you're like, dude, Medina has no chance. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is this is like this is remarkable. There's all these hadith. And then he's like, and so and these are the people that said Medina was better, and these are their responses to those ones. You're like, wow, subhanAllah. And all of this khilaf has nothing to do with the the one point there's no difference on. The question of is Mecca better, is Medina better First of all it doesn't really matter that, like that much you know. <laughs> like, there's a difference on it Alhamdulillah they're both sacred places, it's okay But the one thing that there's no difference on Is that the best place in all of existence Is the place that holds the body of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam That's the one there's no debate on Everyone agreed on that So uh <coughs> you know, Up to the point they said that the place that holds the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi is better than Jannah is better than everything. Sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. So anyways, we we start with the Kaaba. The story of the Kaaba starts in the more like well known and stronger narrations and everything. The story of the Kaaba starts with the story of Sayyidina Ibrahim and Sayyidina Ismail salam and of course Sayyidina Hajar. Um there are, just to kind of throw it out there, although they're not as reliable, there's narrations that talk about like the angels knowing the place of the Kaaba and making Tawaf around it before the human beings ever knew about it. There's narrations about Adam alayhi salam knowing the place of the Kaaba and putting like some sort of like rudimentary markers on that kind of place. Um, there's all these kind of things that are mentioned in the narrations. There's also narrations that talk about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the Kaaba before he created the heavens and the earth that actually a sh- That's actually a little bit stronger narration, but some, most of these are not as um, well known or reliable the, the thing that we know that's more well known and, and more re- reliable is of course the, uh, the story of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam <coughs> So this is Al-Bidayah wal-Nihayah in case anyone wants to go and read for themselves afterwards Al-Bidayah wal-Nihayah of Ibn Kathir Um, So he tells the story of the immigration of Ibrahim and his son, Ismail, with Hajar. So uh, basically he says, you know, they go out, as we know, that uh, Ismail is born to Hajar. And Sayyidina Ibrahim, alayhi salam, has the command that he's supposed to take them to this land and leave them there. And uh, this land is Wadi. There's no biwadin There's, It's a valley that has no vegetation, it has no water, it has nothing, right? And uh, you know the story. I think it's important to think about the story, like just like we were talking about in, in the ihya with that thing about <laughs> the dog entering the angels not entering the house that has a dog in it. Think about the various layers that you could look at this story from. Like in the end, you have a command to a prophet. Who was given a gift in his son To leave his son and his wife In a place where there's nothing Completely nothing There's no people There's no vegetation There's nothing there and uh, But that's his command This is Sayyidina Ibrahim salam. This is, this is, he, he does he Takes his command And look at like the family's response Look at the things that come out of it Because right? the, these are all symbolic as well like sometimes y- y- You might Someone could look at Places around like uh, so one could look at Orange County For example And say that Muslims came to Orange County And it was Like this was a place that had nothing If you're the first Muslims to come It's a place that has nothing But like you know You immigrated for whatever reason You immigrated Some good reasons Some acceptable Possibly reasons But not necessarily the best reasons so on It's okay You, you made your move now you're in this place What happens when righteous people come to a place and, and even though it seems like it has nothing Then Allah brings good to the place And good comes out of it And all kinds of things that can't even be imagined right? So Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, he takes them in the desert <coughs> And uh, they go and they're traveling, they're traveling Until finally he gets to the place where he's leaving them and he says that وَلَيْسَ إِذِنَ أَحَدٌ وَلَيْسَ بِهَا biha So he says basically there's nothing there, there's no people, there's no water. He leaves them there with a bag of dates and some water. Just kind of bag of dates and some water. And uh, and then he turns around, and he starts walking away. And it says umm she starts to follow him. Uh, She's saying, Ya Ibrahim, where are you going? And you're leaving us here in this place that has nothing. There's no humans here. There's nothing here. You're going and you're leaving us in this place. She's repeating it over and over again. You can imagine this scene, right? And he's not looking at her. She just keeps saying it. He's not looking back. He's not looking at all. And then, her response is an interesting response, right? Shows the, the level of the trust in the relationship. <laughs> I mean, look what's happening. And there's still trust in the relationship. And, 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 you know, and she says, she starts thinking to herself like, this doesn't, you can imagine her like, okay, this doesn't really, something's going on here. You know, sometimes in our lives that happens too. <laughs> yeah. Things are going a certain way, and then things start going a different way. Or things start happening in ways that are unexpected. Where stuff pops up in t- front of you as an opportunity that maybe you weren't thinking about. Whatever it might be. And you start to think, well, like maybe something else is going on here. We have to be careful with that because sometimes we're a little bit deluded and we interpret random things that don't make any sense into our lives. But sometimes there, there are actual things that are going on. So she says, what's going on? And then finally she says, Allahu <laughs> She says, is it Allah who commanded you to do this? Isn't Allah who commanded you to do this? And he just said, the only thing he says is Naam. Because he's not supposed to say anything. That's his His mandate, he's not supposed to say anything. So he says Naam. Yes. Her immediate response is Idan la yudayiruna. Idan la yudayiruna. Which means that then he won't leave us. So she realized that If Allah told you to do this, Allah told you to do this, he's not going to leave us. That's it. It's done. And then, and then she goes back. And he continues going. So he continues going until he reaches the point where they can no longer see him. Imagine like everything that's going on here, right? He reaches the point where they can no longer see him. Then, استقبلا al bait. So it means like, after he gets to the point where they can't see him, he turns to the place where he left them. Because he can't. Like this is, turns to the place where he left them, and then he makes the dua that, that are mentioned in the Quran. ربنا من بوادٍ غير عند بيتك المحرّم ربنا Fajal فجعل من الناس it's a beautiful dua. he says oh Allah, O oh my Lord, I have placed my family in this valley that has no vegetation in your sacred place. so he knew that it's he knew that this is this is like a sacred spot. My Lord, so that they can establish prayer You know, they're, they're going to make their prayer They're going to still do that So make the hearts of the people turn towards them And give them sustenance So that they may be grateful Make the hearts of the people turn towards them And give them sustenance so they can be grateful What immediately happens? What so immediately happens? After she runs back and forth And the well brought, you know We go through the whole thing Hajr, Hajr doesn't know what to do, but they're there. She needs the food. The food runs out. She runs to Safa to look around Then she goes down. She goes to Marwa. She looks around. She goes back to Safa, Marwa, the seven circuits of the Sa'i. Right when we go and, and we do that then That's that's you're we're imitating Hajr and and uh, Then the the angel comes and breaks the ground and the Zemzem comes, right? Zemzem comes, you know, the narration says in here too that there's, there's a, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said like, you know, ma- Allah have mercy on Umm Ismail. Had she not like tried to control the Zemzem, it would have been a river that runs. <laughs> like if she didn't, she didn't make it into a, she tried to, con- to she turned it into a Hawud. She tried to make it into like a little basin. So it, it's, it became a well. If not, it would have ran, and the wa- it would have ran and become like a huge river. Um, <coughs> he's not saying it out of n- n- negativity. It's just an observation. Uh, so she she does that, and then once she does that, then the people who are traveling through this area now they see birds and they're like, "But we know that birds they're not going to be here because there's no water here. But now these birds are here. That means something's going on here. It's not normal for us." and let's go check it out so when they go to check it out they find her there so what in, uh, when they find her there she says to them um <coughs> they, they go and they find her and they find her and Ismail and uh, you know, they, they say like, this is amazing so she says to them uh, they, they ask her do you permit for us to stay in this place So now there's water here. It's like a big deal. Do you permit for us to stay in this place? And she says So that is a strong woman, right? <laughs> she's there by herself with her baby with nothing around and she knows she's all alone And all she has now is this water that just came out of the ground Right, but they so they so they, so they these people come and they say can we stay here? And she says yes, you can stay here, but you have no right to the water <laughs> the water, the water is not yours. Water is mine. I have the rights to the water. You don't have it. So then they settle there. People settle. They say okay. They settle there, and you know they get along. And Ismail learns Arabic from them, right? Like uh, the 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 descendants of Ismail are not the ancient Arabs. They're the Arabized Arabs. They they learned Arabic, you know, from Ismail and then you know. Ismail also learns in this period. He learns archery. It's not mentioned here, but he was known to be a master archer, because they're in the middle of nowhere. They have to hunt and stuff, and he he learns that. So they they take they they settle there, uh, and there's a narration of the Prophet صلى الله in them that says, uns <laughs> Basically, like when they agreed to settle there, she was happy about it because, like, you know, she wanted people to be around. She wanted to have company and stuff like that. So then they stayed there. Um, and they grew up there, and do you know the different stories about uh, like the uh, the whole wives of Ismail thing? It's not really related to it as much, but this is the beginning of the the town of Mecca is in this story. So like all of the everything we're going to, all of the acts that come afterwards, all of it goes back to a mother who was by herself with her with her baby, like the entirety of the whole. All the stuff, the building of the house, the, z- the water of the ZemZem, the running between the two the two hills, mm-hmm. uh, even the things that come later, the Tawaf around the baits, All of these, ev- everything is tied to Ismail and Hajj, and uh, that's that's quite remarkable, you know, to think about, especially when we're in those places. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's like a whole story of uh, Ismail comes, Ibrahim comes, and finds the family of Ismail, and there's a back and forth that happens, and then finally he comes. And uh, it's later on, he's like working on one of his arrows or something, and uh, he sees his father. You know, Ismail now sees his father coming, so he stands up, they greet each other, they they, they have a little bit of a conversation. He tells him, Yeah, Ismail in Allah <laughs> Amrin. So this is this is like the the father son relationship that they're uh, you know, he's he's gonna do what he's supposed to do and the son is going to encourage him to do what he's supposed to do. This is now they're older, but you, you saw the same thing in the, the sacrifice story, right? Like when Ibrahim comes to Ismail and he tells him, I saw in a dream that I'm supposed in the you know, Fundur He says I'm s i saw in the dream that I'm gonna sacrifice you. Tell me what you think about it. He says, you know, I don't remember or So he says that you'll find me from the people who are patient. You know, do what you were told to do. You'll find me patient. So now he comes again. And he tells him, "I've been commanded to do something." And he tells him, "Then do what you're told to do. <laughs> Whatever it was that you're told to do, do what your Lord told you to do." And then he said, "What to Enuni?" So beautiful, like he said, "And will you help me?" And he said, "Or Enoch. Like these are people. One of the things that always remi- like is remarkable to me about these old st- stories and stuff is there were not uh, people who talked a lot. Like everyone knew who they were about. They knew what they were about. They knew who they were. They didn't have to they didn't need to have like extensive, really long conversations about everything. He comes to him, he hasn't seen him for a long time. They stand up, they hug each other, they say salam, he tells them, I've been told to do something, he tells them do what you're supposed to do. He tells him, Will you help me? He says, And I help you That's it. (laughs) And I'll help you. You know, this is like they're good. They're fine. He says then Allah told me that I have to build in this place a house of worship. And he points to like the area of where they're gonna build the Kaaba and he says, Okay. So they start to build the Kaaba. Right? And as they're building the Kaaba say, as they're putting all of the bricks as they're building the whole thing oh our Lord except from us you are the one who hears and knows you hear and know everything and they're building it and they're building it, and they're building it and uh, as it starts to get bigger and bigger then uh, they have to put like um, uh, as it, as it starts to get bigger then how do you reach the top, right? So you have to have something to stand on So as as it's starting to get bigger And they're starting Then Ismail starts to put like these s- uh, Standing place for Ibrahim Salam That he can stand on it And he can put the higher, the higher pieces of the building um, <coughs> When, I don't know about you guys But <coughs> oftentimes I would wonder Like the Maqam Ibrahim is kind of far from the Kaaba, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) Like, the place where Ibrahim, it said that Ibrahim stood, Uh, it's kind of far. You know, you've seen those pictures? It's, like, really far. I don't know. Uh, It's uh, probably, like, I can't remember. It's been a lot of years, but I would say probably from, like, here to the entryway at least, you know, if not more. Um, So, like, what's the story, right? So we were reading over here. Um uh, And he says that Ibn Kathir says that wa kana wa waqad kana al-hajar musqd bi hait kabe, alama kana alayhi min qidima zamani ila ayami Umar ibn Khattab radhiyallahu anfaakhirahu an al-bait. So he says that this the the position the place where Sayyidina Ibrahim stood was preserved like that close to the Kaaba until the time of Umar bin Khattab radhiyallahu an. At which point, Sayyidina Umar moved it away from the Kaaba, and he said because he didn't want people to get distracted from it as they were going around the Kaaba and stuff like that, so he just moved it a little bit far. But they, they moved the standing place, <coughs> and he says, "In the here, he says he says that the." <coughs> this is Ibn Kathir says that from the the actual mark of Sayyidina Ibrahim in the stone, like his the. Print of his foot in the stone was there until the beginning of the the early time of Islam. Um, it w- you could still see it. So uh, they this is all in the the building of the Kaaba. <coughs> it's also said that uh, we know of course that in the building of the Kaaba, the Kaaba in the time of Sayyidina Ibrahim salam included that semicircle. Right. So when you look at the Kaaba now, it's kind of like cube. And then there's the semicircle, the Hatim. And that indicated, like, that was the actual Kaaba size. Okay? It included that. But at the time, when then it remained like that until around the time of the Quraysh, when it would get destroyed and, like, hurt by floods and stuff like that. So when Quraysh went to rebuild it, um, mm-hmm. you guys know the story that when they went to rebuild it, they didn't have the money that was necessary. To like do it properly So they actually made it a little bit smaller Okay. So when you come to the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam It's understood that this Kaaba that's there Is not actually on the dimensions of Sayyidina Ibrahim And uh, some there's some narrations They're disputed also by the way That say that Hajr and Ismail are buried there In that area At, at the area of the Hatim So you know they're disputed But I'm going to use that one with Ismail <laughs> <laughs> works out for us. <laughs> <So> <laughs> um it's, it's a beautiful thing to think about that that they might be there. So it was like that, and then they come there comes a point in Islam, and this is a very it, it's a really important hadith actually. Extremely important hadith when you think about methodology. That the Prophet sallam, there's a point where Aisha and she's talking to the anha, she's talking to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and she's They're talking about the dimensions of the Kaaba, and she says, "Why don't you rebuild it according to the dimensions of Ibrahim?" Right? And he said to her, "Yeah, Aisha, if it were not that your people are new to Islam, and in some narrations, if it were not that your people have just left kufr, I would rebuild it and put it on the dimensions of Ibrahim." But he didn't. So really, really remarkable narration, right? saying like this is the Kaaba this is like what we turn to in all of our prayers and the most probably prominent structure in Muslim life is the Kaaba and the prophet ﷺ is saying your people they just came out of this belief if I push them on this right now they won't be able to handle it and I'm not going to do it it's really really remarkable right so then what happens later on? After the time of the Prophet Sallallahu There comes a time in the time of Abdullah ibn Zubair an, That they're going to rebuild it And Abdullah ibn Zubair He gets the information from his aunt Who is Aisha So we just heard the narration from Aisha and the Prophet Sallallahu Right? Mm-hmm. Aisha is the aunt of Abdullah ibn Zubair She gives him the information that this is how it's supposed to be It's supposed to be on these dimensions So they rebuild it on those dimensions Okay <coughs> Then what happens is, uh, the people who were governing at that time, they thought that Abdullah was just doing this out of like his own thing. So they tore it down and they built it on the old one. <laughs> like imagine, They tore it down, they built it on the old one. We didn't always have, you know, we still don't always have the best of leaders. Um, <coughs> then of course Aisha you know she's like they're like what is going on they realize it was a mistake but it's the it's you know time it's like time is passing then something really interesting happened in the time of Imam Malik in the time of Imam Malik they asked him uh, about the Kaaba and like shouldn't we fix it now like you know early on maybe there's still some debate not everyone has all the information type thing now you're in the time of Malik it's like no no okay this is not this is not the right size it's supposed to be on different dimension So they asked Imam Manik about it <coughs> And his response was <coughs> This was his response Manik was a brilliant person Very wise person He said I'm worried that if we do this The rulers will take this thing as a game <coughs> That they'll make a game out of this so he says that he said, I don't want it to turn into a game. This ruler breaks it, and the next ruler breaks it, and then they rebuild it, and they rebuild it, and they rebuild it, and he just goes back and forth and whatever. He said, just leave it. And it stayed. The way that it was up to today. It stayed on those dimensions. So this uh, this then deals with the um, the Kaaba itself. Um there's various sides to the Kaaba there's something that people could look at w- we're going to c- come to it later too is uh, if you go to islamiclandmarks.com they have some good PDFs there. You know not everything is entirely accurate but it's good enough. It's you know gets the job done. Islamiclandmarks.com they have a PDF for Mecca and for Medina and for Jerusalem. So you can like open it and it's pretty nice, pretty well done and gives you all the narrations stuff so inshallah this brings us up to like the Kaaba the, and then as we proceed'll we'll, we'll talk about some of the etiquettes of, of visitation and get into all of these things inshallah in the later sessions <laughs>